WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is October 13 edition of the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Up, up and away. In this day and age of wee hams launching small balloons and using ATV on board easily purchased quadcopters and the like, comes this story with a message in its tail. A mystery drone crashed into the Sydney Harbour Bridge, causing counter-terrorism officers to be alerted and an investigation by the Civil Aviation Safety Authority. The incident occurred Wednesday week, just a day before the start of the International Navy Fleet Review. However, police believe the two were not linked. A spokesman for CASA confirmed it was investigating the incident. He said those operating remotely piloted aircraft must keep them at least 30 metres away from people, buildings or structures and must check with local council where they can be used. He said airspace around the Harbour Bridge was restricted even for small aircraft such as drones. Marine Rescue Ulladulla will continue to provide its vital safety services for the local boating community despite the destruction of the unit's base by fire. Boaters in the area should still use their marine radios as usual to call Marine Rescue Ulladulla on VHF Channel 16 or 27 Meg Channel 88. Marine Radio New South Wales has also deployed one of their mobile communication units to supplement the radio service via the services of the Ulladulla Game Fishing Club. The cause of the fire at this stage? Unknown. RSGB, 1913-2013, congratulated. The Radio Society of Great Britain, which is celebrating its centenary with a variety of events, has been thanked and wished well on the occasion and well into the future. Fellow International Amateur Radio Union, IARU Member Society, our own Wireless Institute of Australia, has described the array of events organised throughout this centenary year as marvellous. WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, said on WIA front page news that the events engaged the membership, clubs and radio amateurs worldwide while further raising the profiles of the organisation and the amateur service. The RSGB had been a true friend through its 100 years of international cooperation, including strong leadership on issues at the IARU and other forums. It continues to display a leading role both locally and throughout the world. The WIA acknowledges it relied heavily on the RSGB for its own introduction of the foundation licence that has proven to be highly successful here in Australia. RSGB publications continue to sell well through the WIA bookshop, the WIA has sent a plaque to the RSGB, extending the warmest of wishes on achieving the milestone and for its future. IARU chooses Anniversary Day theme. Each year on April 18 is World Amateur Radio Day, which celebrates the founding of the IARU back in 1925. The theme, Amateur Radio, Your Gateway to Wireless Communication, which has been announced previously on WIA National News, it's 100 years since it evolved from crude spark gap technology to digital signal processing and software-defined radios. The IARU understands the date is close to Easter. It encourages activity earlier or later to gain as much exposure and publicity as possible for modern and easily accessed amateur radio. For that reason, the Wireless Institute of Australia has chosen April the 13th to the 15th to celebrate World Amateur Radio Day by holding its PR for Amateur Radio Expo. Remember, this expo is not a competition, 
but an opportunity for everybody, whether at a public display or on the air, to show amateur radio to the public. Only six months to go. Will you be involved? Check out the WIA website under the What's On column for more details. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Want to know how preparations are coming along for the biggest amateur radio event in, the, in Australia in 2014? Well, preparations are well underway for the Wyong Field Day and I can let you know a few confirmed points. The free shuttle bus from the railway station and car park that was such a big success this year will be running again in 2014. We will have four Lucky Gate prizes. The chance to win one of these is in your entrance ticket. There will be three prizes, each of one diamond mobile antenna. And the fourth prize is the ARRL handbook. I'd like to win that prize, but as I'm part of the team running the event, I'm not allowed to. The event takes place, rain or shine, on Sunday, the 23rd of February 2014. So make sure it's in your diary and plan in your travel arrangements. Have you booked your accommodation yet? Motels and hotels in the area are filling up. More later, 73s. This is Ed, VK2JI, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast ARC. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that Doug, VK3UM, will be demonstrating his EMR calculation program and with the assistance of Peter, VK3MV, answer questions from the audience. Well, as expected, the meeting was very well attended and there were quite a few comments and questions from those in the audience. Under our licence conditions, we as amateurs are required to do a self-assessment of our antenna setup. Doug took us through that process and also explained some of the reasons why we really need to take the EMR-EMI matter very seriously. Doug's presentation was recorded and the subsequent video is available to view on the internet. At this stage, there is no plan to distribute DVD copies, but there is some discussion of uploading the file to an FTP site for download. To view the video presentation, log on to the EMDRC website, www.emdrc.com.au, and to download the video, follow the YouTube link from the EMDRC website. This has been Jack, VK3, Triple W for the EMDRC. Still in VK3, and why not use your portable amateur radio station experience next month to activate a Victorian National Park? There are 45, with most within easy reach by car. Amateur Radio Victoria welcomes all to take part on Friday the 15th until Sunday the 17th of November, a weekend that focuses on them under the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. In Greater Melbourne, there are Organ Pipes, King Lake, Dandenong Ranges, Yarra Ranges and Churchill. There are also national parks easily visited from all regional centres. Inquiries to the award manager, Tony Hamling, VK3VTH, who will soon release a master list of activations with dates, times and frequencies. Back up into VK2 and Amateur Radio New South Wales will be having a barbecue and lectures for members at the VK2WI site on Sunday, November 10. Registrations are required by email to fieldday13 at arnsw.org.au. And also, Amateur Radio New South Wales are conducting their next licence assessments on Sunday the 17th of November. This is at the VK2WI dual site as well, and bookings are required this time by email to education at arnsw.org.au. The first assessment of Amateur Radio New South Wales in 2014 will be January 19. Now again, as with all URLs or points of contact, you'll find them in the text editions. You can either get that sent to you early or you can read it at wia.org.au. 
Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the northwest of VK7, you can be heard on VK7 RMD on 146.625 MHz at 0900 local. I'm Rick, VK7 FRIK. What use is an F call? For a little while now, I've been working towards obtaining my DXCC, contacting 100 countries. When I talk about it, often the first question is, how many contacts have you made? I'm always a little ashamed to admit that I've yet to make my first. Often I then get lots of helpful advice on what to do. Let me share with you what I've been doing since I made the commitment to obtain my low power or QRP DXCC. As I said at the time, I don't know if this is going to take a week, a month, a year or a decade, but I intend to get there, if not for others, but for myself as a personal challenge. My first quest along this road was to get on air. I started thinking that I would do this from my car, set up my mobile vertical at a suitable location and just start making QSOs. I spent a fair amount of time scouting for locations, found a few to test and after sitting for a couple of days in these spots a number of things became apparent to me. My antenna, as great as it is, is a pain to set up for an hour. It's fine for a day or a weekend, but not for an hour here or there. Secondly, I didn't feel particularly inconspicuous sitting parked in my car with a big stick standing next to it and at night I felt particularly uncomfortable. So after doing some research and evaluating how much space I have available at home, I came to the conclusion that I should get my shack set up at home with a suitable antenna. I've been researching antennas and as you might know have settled on a magnetic loop antenna. This in turn led me down the path of finding a suitable and eventually with the help of several amateurs building a variable capacitor. All credit to them. Then I couldn't measure the capacitance of this contraption, so I needed the ability to measure small capacitance, in the order of several picofarad, something my digital multimeter is completely incapable of, so I built an LCR meter. Although I've been soldering for years and every time learning more about this art form, this was the first time I actually built something. So now I have a variable capacitor, an LCR meter, and I'm working on how to feed my loop and control the actuator that adjusts the capacitor. I'm getting closer. Once I'm on air, I still need to sort out logging in QSL, and no doubt I'll learn more about what else is needed. One I know is needed is Morse, and I'm struggling a little with that, but a day at a time. I aim to get to the point where Neil VK6FSKB got to recently, when he heard a station calling on 15 metres. He called back and made a QSO with GB0IDD, the special event station for the 2012 UN International Day of Disability. So learning, doing and having fun, that's what it's all about. What have you been up to lately? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. On the global scene, by the end of the year, approximately 40% of the globe will be online, according to a report from the United Nations. The UN's International Telecommunications Union, ITU, has released its annual report which charts internet connectivity around the world. In 2012, 250 million more people started using the web, and the ITU estimates that 2.7 billion people will have internet access by the end of the year. Internet-connected mobile gadgets have helped boost web access. 
By the end of the year, there will be 6.8 billion total mobile cellular subscriptions, almost as many as there are people on the planet. Great Britain. In June 2011, the ECC published a decision harmonising CB radio across the European Union. 28 months later, Ofcom has announced a consultation on legalising 27 MHz SSB. Ofcom has published proposals to amend current arrangements for citizens band radio in the UK to allow the use of a wider range of transmission standards. Ofcom is proposing to allow the use of AM, double sideband and SSB transmission standards on CB radio, which will bring the UK in line with other European countries. In the late 1970s, radio amateurs such as James Bryant, G4CLF, the then president of the UK Citizens Band Association, campaigned for the legalisation of AMSSBCB. Now some 36 years later, it looks as though it will finally be achieved. Tuning out. Analog radio to disappear by 2018. Analog radio sets are likely to be consigned to history by the first half of 2018, the head of Britain's commercial radio trade body has said, as she called on the government to set out a clear timetable for the industry's digital switchover. Linda Smith, chief executive of Radio Centre, which represents commercial stations across the country, predicted that the analog radio signal would survive six years beyond last year's switch-off in the television sector. The switchover would be three years later than recommended in a major government report in 2009. USA, some good news for hams living in Poway, California. At a meeting with Poway City Council, all five council members have agreed that the almost $200 application fee for antenna towers should be waived or at least significantly reduced. They then instructed the city staff to return in 30 days with a plan and timeline for the regulation review. The radio operators applauded at the end of the discussion. New Williamson County, Texas EOC includes ham radio. A new $18 million emergency operations centre in Williamson County, Texas will provide a room for amateur radio operators. A new $18 million emergency operations centre in Williamson County, Texas will provide a room for amateur radio operators. Jared Thomas is the emergency management coordinator. He says that local amateur radio operators will also have a room in which to gather. He notes that natural disasters, such as a 1997 F5 tornado with winds in excess of 200 miles per hour, is in part the reason for the emergency operations center's existence. The new nerve center will be command central for major emergencies and also houses the county's 911 communications department, which had outgrown its home at the sheriff's office. A large conference center and separate room for media are also included at the EOC. Yesu used the occasion of the recent AWRL and TAPR Digital Communications Conference in Seattle, Washington, to introduce the latest links in its chain of new products aimed at the VHF and UHF digital voice market. Called System Fusion, the new product line uses the previously introduced C4FM FDMA mode introduced in the company's FT1DR handheld and FTM400DR mobile, digital, and analog dual-band transceiver coupled with its soon-to-be-released DR1 dual-mode repeater. It will also have an optional interconnect to the Internet using a standalone HRI-200 Wires X interface unit. Yesu's System Fusion repeater differs in one important way from most previous entries into the ham radio digital marketplace in that it retains traditional FM interoperability along with the 
C4FM and FDMA digital voice operation. This, according to Yesu, means that both analog and digital users can share one repeater and communicate with each other. The International Amateur Radio Union Administrative Council is looking into ways to work with non-IARU amateur radio organizations in nations where the IARU member society may not be representing all of that country's radio amateurs. The issue came under discussion at the annual IARU Administrative Council meeting held September 21st to the 23rd in Cancun, Mexico. According to a news release from the gathering, in many of these countries, there are other non-IARU member societies. The Administrative Council is studying ways to work with the non-IARU societies to ensure that the interests of all the amateurs are represented in those countries where the IARU member society fails to do so. The President of Serbia has traveled to the United States where he recently unveiled the Nikola Tesla Monument at Tesla's former laboratory in Long Island. In a press statement prior to the actual ceremony, Serbian President Tomislav Nikolic said the strength of Tesla's vision is what influences how the public speaks about Nikola Tesla with respect some 70 years after his passing. Nikola Tesla was a Serbian and later naturalized American inventor, electrical engineer, mechanical engineer, physicist, and futurist. He is perhaps best known for his contributions to the design of the modern alternating current electricity supply system. Tesla passed away on January 7, 1943. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ with special events, DX Beacon Net and Contest Advice. Today I am joined by James Fleming, VK4TJF Contest Writer for AR Magazine. But first, some contest reminders for November and early advice on 2014 contests. The WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day happens weekend of November 23-24. WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day 11-12 January. WIA John Moyle Field Day weekend March 15 and 16. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3. WIA Remembrance Day The RD Contest August 16 and 17. Manly Warringah's Radio Society's next flagpole contest is again September 2014. The Manly Warringah Radio Society's inaugural flagpole contest was a great success. The logs are still coming in, but participating stations were noted from VK2, 3 and 4. Their link with international talk like a pirate day captured the imagination of many operators. So look out for this contest again next September. Photos and videos can be found on the club website www mwrs.org.au Sewing Circle Net Frequency Change Cedric BK7CL from the Sewing Circle Net which runs every evening from 5pm local time Tasmania on 3.590 MHz is looking to experiment with using 7.105 MHz due to poor conditions occasioned by daylight savings. The idea is to move back to 3.590 when daylight savings end or as the occasion demands. 7.105 MHz LSB plus or minus QRM. Ukraine UR. Special event call EN50N until October 30 commemorates 50 years of the Vinodista TB Tower, one of the tallest structures in Europe. 
Activity all bands and modes and QSL via operator's instructions. Now before further special stations to look out for, as promised, a look at the follow-up to last weekend's Oceania DX contest. This is James Fleming, VK4TJF, the contest guru from the AR Mag. And this week, the 12th and 13th of October, is the Oceanic DX Contest, CW, starting at 0800 Saturday to 0800 UTC Sunday. This is an exciting contest that will increase your CW skills and test your metal as a CW operator. I usually have a large pileup that I have to work through, and there is no shortage of stations wanting my contact. This is the one time of the year I feel I have a big gun station. The rules are simple and can be found on their website, www oceanicdxcontest.com Just remember that the exchange is RST and a serial number. Also, don't forget to use the VKCL logging program. It makes it that much easier. So if you're just getting your feet wet and hear a contest station, go ahead and give out a number. This is an easy contest to increase your DXCC count and get some great QSL cards. Last weekend, the single sideband portion of the Oceanic DX contest was fun for all, with many VK contesters racking up some big scores. There are a great many signals on the band. So happy contesting and 73s. Marion Island. Two radio amateurs are part of the overwintering team and will be active on Marion Island now until April 2014. ZSAC Carson and ZSAZ David. Modes will be mainly SSB and digital modes and their QSL manager is ZS1HF. British Railways Amateur Radio Society GX4LMR over the rest of the year will be marking the 45th anniversary of the end of steam on the British Railways network. This will be taking place thanks to BRARS member Mark Proctor, who will be transmitting from his home QDH near Preston, which was the very last bastion of steam in August 1968. Obviously, a very special QSL card has been produced for this event. VI100 ACT, Centenary of Canberra, capital of Australia. Canberra Ridge and Amateur Radio Club members are activating this special event call until December 31, LF through to VHF using multiple modes. VI6WA100A special event call sign is on the air to celebrate the centenary of organised amateur radio in Western Australia. In October 1913, the Perth Radio Club then changed to WIA VK6 Division a few years later, held their first meeting. The call VI6WA100 will be on the air till year's end. DL100OUI celebrates 100 years since first DLUS radio contact. Keep an ear open for the German special event call sign DL100OUI, which will be on the air throughout 2013. This in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the first commercial radio contact between that nation and the United States from Hanover. OUI were the call letters of the German station at that time. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ in Ingham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southern suburbs of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5RAD 2 metre repeater 147.000 at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Morgan, VK5 Triple M, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's final frontier. Spacecraft goes into lunar orbit. 
among a select few allowed to work during the US government shutdown, controllers for NASA's Lunar Atmosphere and Dust Environment Explorer, pronounced Lady, fired the spacecraft's engines on Sunday morning, October the 6th, slowing it enough to be captured by lunar gravity. Lady is now in orbit. Soon the spacecraft will begin its mission to study the moon's exotic and diaphanous atmosphere, which is mightily affected by space weather. For more information about this development, plus new colour images of incoming comet ISON, visit spaceweather.com. Worldwide special interest groups internet the HAMS domain. Australians not malware-wise. Nearly half of all adults or more than 7 million living in Australia, who regularly use the internet for personal purposes, don't believe they will suffer from malicious software known as malware. ACMA has found that 10% of those who use home-based computers or laptops on the internet fail to have antivirus protection, while another 8% don't regularly update their antivirus software. Malware allows others to steal personal identities, including logon details, a worrying problem in this increasing digital society. The Australian Internet Security Initiative Program reports that 35,500 Australian IP addresses a day are affected by malware. Worldwide special interest groups radio scouting. The Joe calling frequencies for Australia please QSY off the calling frequency after establishing communications. The Australian voice calling frequencies are as follows. 3.65 MHz, 7.090, Jamboree on the Air or Jota is on the weekend of October the 19th and 20th when scouts and guides throughout the world make contact and new friends via 6,000 amateur radio stations. The prospect of having a conversation, exchanging thoughts and ideas is pretty much the attraction of Jota. With the hobby now more accessible, some radio amateurs are also scouts and guides, but usually it's an outside person who will provide their own station. Please note, a working with children check is required. Stations are set up in halls, camping areas, and sometimes a radio amateur will also invite leaders and youngsters into their home shack. The 56th Jota is held with the 17th Jamboree on the internet. Here in Australia, Jota Jody has a special broadcast by Governor-General Quinton Bryce AC at 1pm local time on the Saturday. Over in the UK, special event station GB0TWY is to be activated by the Second Twining Scout Group as part of the 56th Jamboree in the Air event on October the 19th. Operation will be from the Twining School. Twining is a small village on the banks of the River Avon, three kilometres north of Tewkesbury in the country of Gloucestershire, England. The village has around 70 beavers, cubs and scouts, many of which will be visiting the station to take part in Jota 2013. They'll also be joined by other scout groups from the Tewkesbury district. Activity will be on the HF bands 40, 20, 15 metres and locally 2 metres and 70 centimetres. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio The Hawkesbury Canoe Classic is scheduled for the 26th and the 27th of October. 
Due to the number of checkpoints, Maritime Mobile and other stations, Wyson New South Wales needs to field a larger number of volunteers. If you are able to assist, even if you are not a member, then please contact Wyson via its website. Those who have not taken part before will be teamed up with an experienced operator. The Wyson New South Wales website is at www.nsw.wyson.org.au. Well, that's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Let's check out the social scene on WIA National News. October 20 in VK3, the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's Hamvention. The Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Albert Waterways Hall is November 2. November 3, the Hamfest, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society at Goodwood. November 10, that Amateur Radio New South Wales Field Fest Day at Dural. November 10 in VK3 is Microwave Test and Tune Day put on by the EMDRC. Also November 10 in the Yarra Valley, it's the Hamfest at the Gary Cooper Pavilion. And November 15, 17 in VK3, the Victorian National Parks Weekend. November 24, wrapping up November, is the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club's Rosebud Radio Fest. Then to 2014, January 24 to 27 in VK4, the TARC Australia Day Long Weekend Family Radio Camp at Girl Guides Campsite Bluewater. Feb 23, Wyong Field Day and it's on air, rain, hail or shine. Make sure you get along to Wyong. PR for Amateur Radio Expo, April 13 to 15 right across VK. April 18, worldwide, it's Amateur Radio Day, your gateway to wireless communications. April 25, Anzac Day event at Ballarat Showgrounds and May 2nd to 4 in VK4, the Clearview Gathering. Well, that's it for another week. I'm Graham VK4BB. We'll see you again next week. Until then, walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported... You decide.